0: God will instantly deliver Israel out of Egypt, and then he'll take 40 years <laughs> to deliver Egypt out of Israel. So there's areas where our soul has to learn to trust, mm-hmm. and that takes time, and that's okay.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Wildlife and Business Conference podcast, where we have a very special guest today joining us, Dr. Shannon Crawford. Woo, I am super excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this interview since we said it earlier this week because I know that you are going to come in today and drop some wisdom, some gems um, in regards to life and business for the viewers. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and how can we get plugged in with you and Crawford Clinics and all of that?
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. There's so many. So I'm the CEO and founder of Crawford Clinics, where we do Mental Health Reimagine. So it's a journey of 20 years studying clinical psychology, quantum physics so what's the metaphysical realm not in a new age way but in Mm -hmm. like a metaphysical what does your body carry as far as trapped emotion energy in the body yeah Uh, and then the models of inner healing and freedom that are coming out of the church and so putting a synergistic compilation together to streamline freedom so that people truly experience the root issues getting resolved so we train therapists uh, i'm an adjunct professor at a local university and then i'm a speaker writer podcaster and we're creating e-courses and content. Content, for general population, for couples, business owners, ministry leaders. Um, and I forgot what else, but those are the things that we're rolling out. And then we're working on our TV
1: show TV guys. She is my shiro. Okay. <laughs> I, you are now my mentor. I'm now hiring <laughs> you because everything that you just said, I mean, wow. Um, so with that being said, I know that having 20 years in clinical psychology, you've dealt with patients who might have a struggle with work-life balance, both balancing life and business. Talk to us a little bit about three tips that you have for anybody watching here today who might be struggling with that. Yeah. So I think part of it is knowing the season
0: you're in. If you see yourself as like a little orphan bush and you have these little sticks and your season is like dry and annoying and where did everything go and your resources, your natural inclination is to try to like force fruitfulness. What happens is you're burning yourself out at a season when really you're supposed to be dormant. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were talking about before our video of just recognizing the season you're in. When you're going into a season of growth, it is actually wise to prune to mm. cut mm-hmm. and to literally sever things out of your life. So we have to decide what are we pruning, which just means pull back, cut back. We're not eliminating it altogether. There are things that are to cut uh, to cut and sever altogether, that there may be transitions that are painful, but it may not be your best yes, mm-hmm. so you can't show up the best. Right. So there are things that we have to figure out. Okay, what am I doing? And I just had a strategy session for myself yesterday because I like to practice what I preach. So yesterday they were like, okay, so you do all of these things on the whiteboard. And I had never actually sat down and realized (laughs) like you, all the things we do in a day on every single level and area of life, personal, professional, every area. I have a nonprofit. I have three businesses and run the home, run the things, do it. And so I was like, I had never actually seen that whole list. And then you make a pie chart. So I recommend that you write down practical, what is everything that I do, make it into a pie chart We actually have to visually see how much time and energy is going to emails, going to admin, going to groceries, going to cleaning or responding to people or checking messages, whatever it might be in a day that you're like, wow, that filler time, it's seductive to not realize how many times you're checking your Instagram or checking your DMs. Like you don't realize how much that's actually throwing off our neurochemistry and changing the brain frequency. So our brain needs nice, healthy uh, rhythms, right? So you peak up and you're at a time of focus, kind of like what we're at right now. We need to have a time of rest in the exact same day to replenish. But most Americans or people around the world, hopefully everyone around the world.
1: Whatever you say, I know it's me. We
0: stay up. So you yep. stress is happy, good, under the gun, productive. But if you stay up there too long, you're depleting your adrenals. That's what's making your cortisol, which makes you alert. Right. When that stays on too long, then it turns in distress. And you're actually borrowing from your immune system. You're borrowing from your bone marrow. You're borrowing from other parts of your body. And they get compromised when we stay at high level stress for a long time, which I'm a business owner. So I live up there. And so now it's like, oh my gosh, where'd my clients go? Why are people not scheduling? What's happening? Why have we had a and things happening? Because I asked the Lord, what is the season I'm in? And he said, you're in a dormant season. So if I'm a rose bush, then I know, oh, I'm not supposed to try to like make things happen right now. Right. There are some seasons where you got to hustle and that's life. But I'm saying, if you know the cadence, the rhythm, the season Mm -hmm. you're in, Mm -hmm. get in that flow and you start finding out, oh, okay, I'm in a dormant season or I'm in a fruitful season. And so I've had some dormant time. I've had rest. I've been replenished. And now I can run and I'm energized. But you want to make sure that you're doing that circadian rhythm, which means we follow our natural awake alert. And then if you can create micro rest throughout the day. So creating margin, like before I go from one meeting to another, you pull out a different part of yourself for the new assignment versus me just staying at CEO mode, right? I work with a lot of families and so male or female, they stay at CEO mode and they come home and they're still kind of running the show without realizing, oh, they haven't called on that other part of self. They didn't create margin and buffer to come back down, to engage, to relate from the heart or to allow space for creativity and envisioning. Mm. If I didn't have this little period of January where the Lord kind of created a an artificial season, right, of like dormant, Whateverness. Now, all of a sudden, I'm able to walk in this shalom peace and have so much vision just coming that at a faster pace, I really don't believe I would have been able right. to access because I was using up all my good chemicals. So he didn't have any room to speak. And now I'm getting sleep. Now I'm going on walks. Now I'm getting rest and everything's getting refueled. And now the desire to want to start something new. Many times we're like the little squirrel with the nut hanging on to the past season, trying to hold on to that business or that relationship or that thing and that employee and not realize hey, just by surrendering and letting go and reimagining what it could be you're now able to run into a future if you hold on to it you're choking the life out of it and that plant no longer has life for you
1: Mm. wow So we're only a fourth through the interview and everything that she just said. I hope you were taking notes, okay? Um, I cannot wait until February 17th. If that was just the first couple of minutes, I mean, you are absolutely amazing. So some things that you said really resonate with me. And I also know that people who are watching are definitely going to be able to resonate with what you said. Um, One thing that really stood out to me is kind of going along with the theme of this year's conference, which is embrace the journey. And one thing that came to mind when you were speaking is sometimes embracing the journey means to embrace the actual moment that you're in and not be so focused on the giants you already slayed, not so focused on the giants that are already coming that you That's need to right. slay, but being focused on what is going on right here, right now, what is in front of me and what is God calling me to do yeah. in this season? What is my assignment right now? And sometimes the assignment, if we write that down. Sometimes the assignment is not something that you have to actually actively do. Sometimes the assignment is yeah. to be still yes, and just know that as it says, be still and know that I am God. So I think everything you said is a really healthy reminder of that. And for some who are having kind of like issues with trying to tap into embracing right here, right now, um, can you kind of speak to that person um, in regards to how do they get in the moment right here, right now, when your brain is just like, you can't turn it off. Yes. How do you actually tangibly do that? Yeah. Well, one, we have to do digital
0: detox regularly. So electromagnetic frequencies mm. are in all the electronics near us. And so your brain is actually electric. And so it disrupts our brain's ability to think and execute and finish a task without it glitching and another thought interrupting because your brain isn't getting to complete things like when we're in nature. You're able to be still you're able to be quiet like a lot of people you're driving in the car and your hand out the window that kind of feeling of peace or if you're in the shower and you're just like all these ideas come to me it's usually the moments that you don't have electronics near you
1: this is so true like that's why i hide in the shower for like 25 minutes a lot of moms do (laughs) i literally hide okay continue yeah uh secondly (laughs) i would say um Wait, what was the question uh so the question is how do i embrace what's right right here right now now. yes because like it's easy to say okay i'm gonna go embrace but like but how do i even speaking for self i mean i have i'm gonna put myself out there but i've been diagnosed with adhd yeah And I've done no treatment for it other than right here, right now with you. Um, This is my session. And so and so uh, but one thought happens and then like another another thought and then another thought and then another thought and then another thought. And I feel like that's actually more common in today's society than you know, being able to just be on one thought. And I would love to just be on one thought because like my trains, I have like several, my brain is like this, and then I'm gonna get back to the next question, but my brain is like this. And I feel like some of you guys are like this too. We see you. There is multiple trains. Yes. And they're all leaving the station at different times. And it's like, I'm trying to get on all of them. And so it's hard for me to embrace just like the trains at one point in time. How do I control that? Okay. I know you said electronics. Is well, that would be like a practical detox. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, I would say restoring self-cohesion.
0: I'll say it again. Restoring self-cohesion. self-cohesion. Mm-hmm. That's the model that I was referencing before. So the 20 years of clinical psychology, quantum physics of understanding neuroanatomy and chemicals and metaphysical, um, and then understanding our the cellular and the soul and the spiritual composition of our intangible inner world. Uh So think of your inner world more like a corporation rather than one unified front. Mm -hmm. So what you've described is actually really human. If you think of it as every member of your internal committee has different but equally important voices and they're talking over each other instead of an internal state of trust of learning, hey, me that wants to accomplish that, I hear you. What's the fear or belief that you keep interrupting the other part of me? So the irony is most people say my anxious brain, my depressed brain, my ADHD brain in reality, and this is just my opinion. I'm not speaking as a psychologist. I'm speaking as a human in reality. If we take the brain out, Mm -hmm. it's an organ. It's not self-generating. So it's actually the soul and the spirit that are causing those signals and electrical chemical reactions in the brain. So the brain is actually an organ responding to our soul and our spirit. Our soul, for definition, mind, will, and emotion. Think of it as the manager level. So you have a bunch of mid-level managers that are all trying to get things done, and it's tied to this natural human realm where there's gravity, the rules of physics apply, human limitation, your literal bank account, your literal time in a day, and then you have a spirit man. And your spirit, according to Isaiah and Revelation, it says you have the seven spirits of God because we're made in his image. And so it talks about the seven spirits of God. So in one area, my spirit can be very strong and lead. And another area, my spirit can be regressed or stuck. And then my soul take over. So think of like an Mm. internal hijacking where I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I want to do. We know that passage and that will just make it really literal that there's parts of the soul and the spirit that are in competition with one another that we have to go back and learn how to trust. My soul has to learn to trust because this life has taught me not to trust. That balls do get dropped. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. We have all these messages we grow up with. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If it's not me doing it, it's not going to be perfect. So I might as well just do it. So we've learned to not trust. Then there's automaticity, which means, you know, wiring goes on inside and it automatically populates that response while i'm still trying to think about you know a work project or how to complete this recipe or talking to a person my brain is doing all of these other functions because i taught it to right meaning neuroplasticity i can teach my brain to not do that mm-hmm. i can teach my brain to respond differently by engaging my soul and my spirit so for me the key is going Hey, me that's being really distracted and trying to be helpful, I love you. And I'm engaging with the me that's sending that signal to the brain that keeps interrupting. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling inadequate? Are you afraid I'm going to forget something or be exposed that I'm an imposter? I don't know what I'm doing. What is the reason that this fear of something is interrupting the signal of what my prefrontal is trying to do right now? right? So my prefrontal is the front of the brain, fancy, highest level of thinking. So this part of the brain, you really want to be engaged. But everywhere where fear of, fear of lack, fear of inadequacy, fear it's not going to work out, these are unconscious fears that's too threatening. So think of it like you're putting that manager back outside and you're going, oh, no, 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 nope. I've got this. I'm a girl boss. I'm leader. I'm. Every time we do that and we disavow or ignore, suppress something, then now that whack-a-mole response gets bigger the next time, Mm. right? And so then now the interruption at the cellular level, that signal interrupts going, oh no, but I'm protecting you from. So I specialize in working with leaders, influencers, executives, Mm. where there's imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, self-limiting beliefs, that they've done the executive coaching, they know better, they've done the mindset work, they've manifest their destiny, they've done it. And yet I still self-sabotage. I still feel like an imposter. I still feel anxious or panic attacks. And I don't know why. I still feel like somebody's going to figure out that I shouldn't be in the C-suite or whatever. I love to help those people because there's something deeper. And if we can restore alignment and cohesion to the inner world, now we're restoring God's original design of how it was intended to work. From that, now the brain is no longer overstimulated and it can self-correct. And I'm not saying this is all right. Like as a psychologist, I have to be really careful. I'm not saying all, but I have seen it a lot where anxiety, depression, bipolar, ADHD, things can start to dissipate on the symptom level because I don't believe we're born with brokenness. Mm. I believe that there's probably a trauma, a a generational predisposition, a genetic predisposition for sure but it doesn't have to stay permanent because the research on neuroplasticity and epigenetics are so prevalent that we have enough evidence to say huh if we find out the riddle we can find the key and unlock people so that their original design comes back online
1: wow are you taking notes <laughs> i hope that i'm speaking to all cameras right now just so you can take notes wow that is absolutely um so encouraging to know that we can Really, it's, you know, in the Bible, it says, take every thought captive, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like everything you just <laughs> explained uh really just matches up to that, which is in the Bible saying, take every thought captive. And yeah. so with that being said, can I, mean, I interrupt you? Yeah. So that verse is used a lot. What I would say is not every thought we have
0: is conscious. So it Tell takes some that. of the shame out of the equation. Cause I grew up with the Bible and I would quote those verses. And a lot of people have throughout the years. And then they feel condemnation cause it's like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Does, is God mad at me? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not having enough faith? And so mm, we reduce it to good. something that's actually not the right formula. Faith is your spirit, man, but my faith can't operate wherever my soul is leading soul being my manager, mind, will, and emotion, my human understanding based on this natural human realm. When my soul steps in front to protect me so that bad things don't happen, I don't get rejected or abandoned or disappointed, whatever, then I literally cannot access the full measure of faith in that one area of the Mm. inside of my world, even though I can be full of faith in other areas of my life fascinating so i'll work with people that are like preachers worship leaders and they're like i preach the songs you know i write the words i i do the things how can i know it here and yet in my own life struggle over here And i'm like oh i got you that's actually not a confusing riddle for me i do that every day because there's parts of self and so yes we take our thoughts captive but even the bible it says check my heart god what un- un- what anxious ways are in me? I don't even know. Mm, mm-hmm. So there's parts of me that are anxious. There's child parts of me that are still holding fears and beliefs. And so yes, I want to take those thoughts captive, but I have to give myself grace that I may not always know what those are consciously. And so that's where restoring self-cohesion. We have an e-course, webinars, all the things to help equip people because my passion is taking shame out of the equation, condemnation out of the equation that you're like, oh, it's literally not a lack of willpower. It's not a lack of faith. There's not something wrong with me. I need a totally different skill set of understanding how to steward the majestic, wonderful, beautifulness of what God's made me to be. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. So I'm going to pivot for a second. Great. Um, so, I mean, you are a wealth of knowledge. Okay. And, um, everything that you just shared, I know those who are watching definitely, I mean, can definitely feel like they got something tangible to take away from this and something they can have an action item for. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, some people who are like me, I like action items. Okay. What do, what do I do with this though? Like, I know you're telling me to relax how tell me like yeah you know so i want to pivot though and ask you um because the assignment that god has you on is really very um intentional and mm-hmm. very influential and uh a very niche like mm-hmm. niche market as far as combining like quantum physics psychology spirits soul, all of these things so How did you know that this was your calling that God had on your life?
0: fun question.
1: I do want to answer the rest of the practical. Can I do that
0: first? Please, yes. So with the pie chart, now after that you go, okay, so what are the things I'm called to do in this next season? So you can start to eliminate, add, and then see where can I delegate? What can I cut? What can I prune? So then you're going with intentionality to prepare for the season ahead. That way you're not... Most people, me included, we run into one season after the other, and I anticipate I can just keep throwing it back on my shoulders because I am capable of doing that. And it wasn't until yesterday I saw it all on one board and I was like, oh, I didn't get there overnight. I've been running this race for probably about 19 years at one pace, and I didn't realize and actually assess What do I need to be removing? What do I need to be pruning or delegating? Um, And then grieving, you know, letting go of some things Mm, that maybe mm -hmm. were really precious in one season and had good fruit, but that may not be the tree that God's cultivating in this season. And will I lay that down? in surrender and trust that he may bring it back another season, but for right now, and then really cultivate this new rose, rose bush that he's inviting me to participate in what he's doing now versus trying to do the whole garden mm, in mm-hmm, one season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So secondly, I had no idea. I judged psychology. I thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> I literally went mm-hmm. to, I was a, a acting major. Oh, wow. LA. What? Yeah. Okay. It's been a minute. So don't, you know, Um, but I was in LA and I went to the counseling center and the lady said, tell me about your childhood, you know, first appointment intake. And I said, I don't remember it. And so she rolled her eyes, took her glasses off, put her pen down and said, why don't you come back when you're not being resistant? And she ended the session. And as an undergrad, platinum blonde hair, gold eyelashes, I'm like, this is literally the stupidest profession. I would never be a psychologist. The irony is she was probably LPC, I don't know what she was, but I made the vow and judgment, I would never be a psychologist. So I left the appointment and my mom ended up taking me to someone else. And the woman said, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit if there's a reason you don't remember. And so when she did, and I internally gave permission for my inner world to remember, trauma memories came back. So at five years old, I knew Jesus had called me to be a missionary. And at six years old, it was like all the lights turned off on the inside. It was like just trauma, bad. Just I didn't know what was going on and I didn't have trauma memories. It was just self-harm, eating disorders, major depression. I thought I was bipolar. If there was a mental health issue, I had it. Mm. And I had a good family. I went to church. I had mom and dad and a brother. I had plenty of food. I had a house. Like There was no outward sign that this kid should be struggling this much. And so my mom lovingly didn't know what to do. And so she took me to the pastor for pastoral counseling. And he said, oh, I know what's wrong with her. Okay. He opened the Bible and he read a Bible passage. And this is why I'm so passionate about us not misusing scripture. So he said, "Um, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to die to yourself and live for Christ. So your issue is you're just thinking about yourself too much." And as someone who already loves Jesus and full of condemnation wow. and self-hatred, and now you're using the Bible to inform and confirm, I really am failing at God, too. Like, I'm like, every like I'm just area. a failure at this point. Yeah. Like, there's no <laughs> way I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I went home and cut even more that night because the, vi- the verse was true. But my spirit was broken in that area, not permanently, but it was broken. There was a stronghold, repressed trauma that we were unaware of at that point. And so my soul was trying to work for God, trying to perform for God, trying to read my Bible, but it was dry, trying to worship. But it was like, I think you're there. I don't know. I'm trying to pray, but I get distracted and, you know, because my soul isn't meant to connect in the spirit realm. They speak different languages. There's different frequency and energy from the soul realm, soulish, what the Apostle Paul calls your carnal understanding. It's foolishness to what the spirit realm. And when you're in your spirit, you're like, I feel like me. I feel confident this is so true i feel like god loves me i feel like i know everything is okay in life it's okay and then five (laughs) minutes from now all of a sudden one thought one trigger and it's like oh my gosh i'm eating potato chips watching netflix and i am not going back to work for the rest of the day jammies yes like that's just a thing Mm -hmm. if we take the mystery off that and we actually realize oh there's a precious part of me that's triggered And this part of me may need a little bit of Netflix right now. Okay, no big deal. I love you. When you're ready, let's journal, let's process. And I call it an internal board meeting where you now find out, hey, me inside that's struggling. I want you to know I see you. And I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Jesus, and show you he's not like whatever my soul has projected that God is like. Because again, our soul doesn't know the spirit realm. It knows projections of Mm -hmm. leadership and human experience, pastors, coaches, parents, teachers, those kinds of things. And so now you're actually cultivating a relationship of intimacy and trust versus our world that's based on in the church and in the secular world. Well, read your Bible, pray more, work hard, strive, do more. (laughs) And we tell people to do more willpower in the church as well as outside. Mm -hmm. And it's actually causing people to walk on broken legs and their hearts are broken, their souls are in pain, Mm -hmm. and their spirits are shriveling in the church as much as out of the church. So if we understand that and we go, hey, me, that's struggling, I love you. I love that you just binge eat. I love that you just yelled and cussed at your kids. I don't love the behavior, but I love the personhood. And I want you to encounter perfect love through my friend, Jesus. He's not like the ex-person of the past that you thought he was like. And you create an encounter that now your soul is learning he's different. And then you restore your spirit man to lead in an area where now you get plugged into the spirit realm and your spirit gets the fruit of the spirit. So it's easy Mm. versus my soul trying to muster and willpower through it. So all that to say, my journey is the Lord then, of course, you make a vow or judge something, he'll usually make you do it. Just kidding. So then I was like, oh my gosh, Mm. this helped. Once I knew that there was a trauma attached to a lot of the roots, some things through inner healing and deliverance went away moment, you know, that moment. And then some things have been a process. And so I think that's that journey of kind of like God will instantly deliver Israel out of Egypt. And then he'll take 40 years (laughs) to deliver Egypt out of Israel. So there's areas where our soul has to learn to trust. Mm, mm -hmm. And that takes time. And that's okay. Some things are instant, right? You can cast something out easily. But some things you have to actually change neuroanatomy. Your genetics do take some time to rewire lengthening your telomeres, which is the end of the uh, genetic strand. So it just, that can take time. You're learning how to steward this beautiful microcosm, this beautiful uh, kaleidoscope of different parts of you. Just like how God said, let us make man in our image, Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit. And yet it's one God. We have different parts of us. And stewardship is not to be mad and condemning and whack-a-mole, the bad parts of me, but to say, hey, perfect love casts out all fear Mm, that's acting mm -hmm. out you're probably acting out because there's a root of fear somewhere. What lie am I believing about myself, about others, about the future, about God, about authority figures, whatever it might be. And you do a whole process. And that's the course, Restoring Self-Cohesion. It's a level one to help just orient people that you have this whole inner world that we've never been taught. Like, if you think about it, we've kind of been taught to treat ourselves like a bicycle, like just pedal harder, work harder, try harder instead of, hey, you're like a fancy Maserati. And there's like a whole operating system. And when you learn how to do that, you are peak performance, optimal performance, and you know what you're doing and you lead well. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to restore people to, that they're not broken. There is original design and there's an alignment that we can restore. So your spirit is leading where your soul has been managing.
1: So if you guys have not signed up for... uh... The course i'm just gonna tell you that the link will be below so make sure to tap in I'm with shannon dr shannon um so before we i can't i don't even want to exit the podcast like, i don't even want to say before we exit i want to keep talking but uh at that point she'll start billing me per hour <laughs> because i'm gonna start asking questions about myself and how i can do all of this <laughs> so i'll wait for the course <laughs> um but Is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with um, as before we leave today? Yes.
0: So my greatest gift is not the words that I say, because much of what I say is like a fire hydrant. And you're like, I got about 6% of what you just said, lady. I totally get that. That's why I have other resources. Also, our course might not be ready by the time this airs. So get on the newsletter. And then you'll get all the links for the courses. Anyway, what I will say is the more you experience something, that's where you actually transform and upgrade your unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind is the default that was learned that first six years of life. From utero, whether you felt wanted in the womb or not, what emotions your mom was feeling and going through, all that was your first imprint of felt emotion in this life. Kids are egocentric, which means you felt like that was about you, whether it was or wasn't, you know, mom and dad financially struggling or their relationship rocky, whatever's going on, that can be a felt reality that nobody had to abuse you. Like in my case, I came from a good family, normal. I had no reason to have all these struggles. And yet these precious parts of me had been holding that secret so that I could grow up, function while all of that was compartmentalized. But the problem is the longer something stays compartmentalized, the longer that it grows malignant and unhealthy. And that's where our symptoms, in my human opinion, not psychologists, my human opinion, I think that's where a lot of our symptoms are coming from is this misalignment where my soul is trying to function as an executive when really it's meant to be a manager. Mm. And so when we can start recognizing, oh, I'm out of alignment, I'm being, um, Bratty! I'm being uh, impatient. Everybody's annoying me. I love myself. I love this part of me. I don't love the behavior, but I love the personhood. Jesus, would you come love this part of me? Would you come marry this part of my soul that's weary and tired and overwhelmed? Jesus, would you love this part of me that's finding everybody annoying right now? Because I may be feeling dry and burnt out and like I don't have anything else to give. When you do that, you're now ushering in the presence of God. He gets to advocate for you versus I grew up saying, don't worry, God, I won't do that again. Don't worry. I've got this. Don't worry. I'll pray Mm -hmm. and I'll fast. I'll read Mm -hmm. my Bible more. I'll do more. Those things were dead fruit, kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning, where it's like a little bush with dead leaves trying to produce flowers instead of saying, hey, God, would you nurture me? I invite you to come be tender to me where I'm angry, where I hate you, where I'm not even sure you exist right now. He can handle it. He loves you. He'll meet you in that space. And it's just that regular maintenance of letting him pour in wave after wave of love. And then love drives out fear. And you can reset even your neurochemistry and your hormones just by that transaction alone. I bless you. I bless you to live from your spirit, to be kind to your soul when it tries to step in and help and just inviting your soul to stand down. And we'll just end with an exercise that you can imagine in front of your heart. You have two uh, bodyguards. You have pride and shame. We all do. (laughs) Me too. So shame tells me there's literally something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. right? That's our earliest fear in belief. So what humans do, we don't realize we do it, is then we create a false self. And a false self, it's not like I have a different identity and I'm running around with a weird fake ID. It means I'm trying to prove to myself more than to others that I am smart. I am capable. I can do it. Yeah. That's why so many executives, pastors, worship leaders, media personalities that are capable, the smartest person in the room, the most influential, they founded the organization and yet feel like an imposter because this organic or this situation happened when we were so young, it's a felt reality. It's a misalignment at the unconscious level. And so when that happened, then your soul stepped in and at an unconscious level, your soul knows it's not supposed to lead, right? I am an imposter. In, in real life, my soul is not supposed to lead. and I feel like at some point somebody's gonna realize I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not that smart and I'm not that good at this thing. When we do an internal board meeting and you start restoring cohesion, your spirit man comes back in line and you're like, of course, I know what I'm doing. Of course, Mm -hmm. because your spirit is seated in heavenly places with Christ. So you're accessing the spirit realm. You're plugged into the fruit of the spirit. And now you have vision for your future. Mm. So you're like, this is what I'm called to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Here's my strategy. I know exactly who I am. When that shifts, be kind toward yourself. Because it's an opportunity for an upgrade to your inner world. So you'll picture pride and shame coming down like bodyguards, fear and control two bodyguards. And you're just going to imagine those bodyguards standing down. And it's like you're drawing forward your spirit, and then you bless your spirit. So right now, I just bless you to rest, to take a deep breath, to realign, to be in your body. And to invite pride and shame to stand down. And you're just going to use your imagination like it's these walls or bodyguards coming down, allowing control and fear to stand down, that you're okay. And then allowing your spirit to come forward. And I just bless your spirit. You are competent. You are capable. You are wanted. And you are supposed to be here. I bless you and honor you for who God has called you to be. You're made in his image. There's a call on your life Mm. and there is an exciting adventure. And I can't wait to see you at the WOW Conference where we're going to be walking on water and we're going to do it together. I hope you come up and say hi, guys.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And we look forward to seeing you February 17th, 12 to 7 p.m. in Farmers Branch, Texas. Bye. Bye, guys.